On today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we have a special one. The five main causes of metabolic dysfunction, but most importantly, the five solutions. My name is Ben Azadi. I am your host. Thank you for pressing play today. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today's a special episode, a live lecture I recently did at the Hybrid Health Summit here in Miami, Florida, and I outline metabolic dysfunction how the metabolism works. We're going to get into things like heart disease and the history of Ansel Keys and how we have been led down the wrong path when it comes to thinking about what causes the number one killer in the United States, which is heart disease. You're gonna understand the important role of cholesterol and why having a low cholesterol is more dangerous than having a high cholesterol. And then we're going to get into the five main causes of metabolic dysfunction. Studies suggest that 93% of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. When your metabolism doesn't work, your cells cannot function. You cannot produce energy. You store excessive fat. You create inflammation around your cells, and that leads to symptoms. But those symptoms are not the problem. They are a result of the problem, and I'm going to share with you the top five problems, essentially. So we'll get into environmental toxins, high glucose and insulin spikes, glyphosate, industrialized seed oils, sick care, and a bonus tip, which is gonna be your thoughts. We also discuss vitamin G. I think you're gonna love it. You know, I've presented all across the world for the last many, many years. I've been in the health space and I've done a lot of lectures, hundreds of lectures all across the world. This one that I'm about to share with you, it's one of my all-time favorites. I felt really good about it. I loved, uh, this was a brand new presentation. Uh, and I, I don't know, there was something special about this one, so I decided to release it for you today. It was professionally recorded by my videographer and friend, Jacopo, and uh, you are going to benefit with the recording. So I'm gonna play the whole lecture for you right now. You could also watch it on our YouTube channel, uh, which will be published soon on the YouTube channel, but you can listen to it today. I also encourage you, if you haven't heard about our latest, newest program, our Keto Recipe of the Week program, uh, it's $9.97 per month to get a fat-burning, clean keto recipe delivered to your inbox every week from me, along with some free bonuses and additional resources. And you can still get that over at ketocamprecipes.com. We'll drop a link down below, along with the episode sponsors. So without further ado, here's the full lecture. I hope you enjoy it. Happy Saturday. Uh, I'm returning to Hybrid Health. This is the second year. Last year was incredible. Vince is not in the room, but love Vince, love Michael, love the whole organization and what they stand for, and it's an honor to return here. And thank you all for being here. Hopefully we get the room filled up. I'm writing a new book, and it's called Metabolic Freedom uh, with a big publisher. And as I'm doing research for the book, we know, being in this space, metabolic disease it's all over the place, not just in America, but all over the world. And as I'm writing these chapters for the book, Vince asked me to come back and speak. So I thought, okay, this is perfect. I'm in the mix of studying about metabolic disease, metabolic dysfunction, I'm writing this book. I'm gonna present on some of the principles that I'm starting to write into the book. And I put together this presentation, which is the five causes of metabolic disease. I forgot to hit record here. Five causes of metabolic disease, but not just the causes, and there's a bonus, but some solutions too. So let's get right through this. The stats according to the CDC and cancer.org, one, one in three women are diagnosed with cancer. 
in their lifetime. For men, it's one in two. 60% of American adults are diabetic or pre-diabetic. I would argue it's much higher. Let's face it, people are not testing their fasting insulin on A1C. It's probably much, much higher. They're predicting by the year 2032 that one in two children are going to be born on the autism spectrum. One person dies from heart disease every 33 seconds. Heart disease and cancer kind of swap back and forth as the number one killer in the United States. And how many of you know this guy? Speaking of heart disease, anybody know Ansel Keys? Raise your hand if you know Ansel. Okay, a couple of you know Ansel Keys. He's the reason why so many people still believe in a low-fat diet. He's the reason why most people think cholesterol is the cause of heart disease. He's the reason why the government still promotes staying away from saturated fats. I'm not going to get into the history here, but it's important to understand that his research in the 1950s is what we're still dealing with in 2024. Because what he did, he looked at 22 countries, and he only said, he only selected six of them to fit his hypothesis that saturated fat causes heart disease. But the other countries didn't show that, so he just didn't share that data. But here's the thing, the countries that he published, that he correlated to heart disease, they were not using saturated fat, they used margarine, and he lied saying it was saturated fat. The government was trusting this guy, and now still to this day, we believe, well, most of us believe, that saturated fat is going to cause heart disease. A lie told often enough becomes the truth. We saw that the last four years with COVID, right? We could go on and on about what we've seen the last few years. It's becoming really evident. And to say that cholesterol causes heart disease, that's like saying, hey, every time there's a fire in my neighborhood, I notice there are firefighters at the scene of the crime. Therefore, the firefighters caused the fire because every time there's a fire, there's always firefighters. They say every time somebody has a heart attack, anybody has a stroke, heart attack victims, we see a lot of cholesterol in their arteries. Therefore, the cholesterol caused the heart attack. The cholesterol, like the firefighter, is there to put out the fire, to put out the inflammation. Cholesterol is essential for health and vitality. The number one question I get asked on social media is, hey Ben, I started doing keto, my cholesterol went up, what should I do? You know what I tell them? Good job. You probably feel a lot better, don't you? Because here's the thing. I interviewed this gentleman, Dr. Philip Ovadia, who is a heart surgeon, a world-renowned heart surgeon. Okay? He operates on people's hearts. And he made the case that there's only one cause of heart disease. And I'm going to play this with you real quick. Check this out. Forms of heart disease, uh, but the most common form is what we call atherosclerotic heart disease. The buildup of plaque within the arteries of the heart uh, that can ultimately lead to things like heart attacks. Uh, and when you look at atherosclerotic heart disease, it really comes down to one major factor, and that is damage to the blood vessel wall. That is the inciting event that has to happen for these plaques to start to build up. Um, now, what causes that damage? That's where we get into some different factors. That's the, big the question. Ones, yeah. Yep. The big ones are going to be insulin resistance, uh, first you know, and foremost, the, probably the most common problem today. 
smoking is another big one. Uh, now, we've done a pretty good job at cutting down on the smoking rates. And, you know, that ultimately is what led to some of the improvements we saw around heart disease, uh, you know, throughout the 1980s, 1990s, uh, and, you know, up until about 2000, when that downward trend that we were seeing started to go back up again. Um, and, um, you know, probably high blood pressure is the other most common one we see, but again, high blood pressure acts via insulin resistance. High blood pressure acts via insulin resistance. He said uh, high insulin levels, smoking, but insulin, insulin, high insulin levels damages the blood vessels. What do most all metabolically inflexible people have in common? Insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes. But look, the truth does not want to be told because the truth will cause the statin industry to lose a lot of money, $15.4 billion, 2023. So do you think they wanna hear the truth or want you to know the truth, our patients and clients to know the truth, that cholesterol does not kill you? No, because obviously they want people to go on a statin. And most people actually die from heart disease with normal to low cholesterol. Normal to low. Dr. Nathan Bryan, World-renowned nitric oxide researcher. This guy is one of the smartest guys out there. If you want to learn about nitric oxide, he's a good friend of mine. I actually had him at my studio in Miami. And here's what he says, 60-second clip. If you have a cholesterol, total cholesterol under 200, why it's a problem. I'm more concerned if somebody has a total cholesterol of less than 200 versus yeah. somebody who has a higher cholesterol. Explain that and what it does to block nitric oxide. Our body makes cholesterol, mm -hmm. and so our body doesn't make mistakes. If our body needs cholesterol, our body's going to make it yeah. on demand. So we get cholesterol from the diet. We also get it through endogenous production. Cholesterol is also the backbone for things like testosterone, estrogen, vitamin D. So if our cholesterol gets too low, we can't make hormones for vitamin D. We have a global epidemic of yeah. testosterone deficiency in men and hormone imbalances and women and vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, Our body heals itself, right? Our body senses what's going on and self-corrects. But if we have a drug that inhibits endogenous cholesterol production, which is what a statin does, then our body can't respond. So if it senses that we're not getting enough cholesterol or that we need to make it, then the body can't. The consequences of that are obviously obvious now. So he's concerned because of what it does to block nitric oxide. Nitric oxide helps with vasodilation. We have vasoconstriction, vasodilation, and we want healthy amounts of nitric oxide. So erectile dysfunction in men, nitric oxide deficiency, leads to heart disease. So there's another clip here. I'm not going to play it because the sound is off, and that's a little frustrating to see that. Uh, I know that it looks weird, but I'll, I'll share what he says. Mouthwash, antiseptic mouthwash. He makes the case that antiseptic mouthwash depletes nitric oxide production, leading to heart disease. And he shared in the clip that he spoke on the doctor's show talking about this. So how many of our patients and clients take things like scope and antiseptic mouthwash, not knowing that it's depleting nitric oxide? For men, it's leading to erectile dysfunction, but it's also increasing our heart disease risk. So some of you might be using mouthwash. I'm sorry to give you the bad news. So we want to swap to like essential oil mouthwash, et cetera. We just don't want antiseptic mouthwash. Increases disease. So when you... And I, I love keto, so I'm gonna just share a study real quick about ke ketones are actually protective for the heart. And by the way, you could take exogenous ketones. Me and Rachel Shear just took some a little bit earlier. You could get a similar effect. But it shows that the energy-starved heart, when you're in ketosis or taking exogenous ketones, have actually a protective effect 
on your heart, actually preventing cardiovascular disease. And I always ask the question, like, why? Why did God build the body this way? We know that the cells that are most important for survival are the cells that have the most mitochondria. The mitochondria produce energy, yes, but the mitochondria also have an intelligence to it, which acts as a surveillance system for threats. So we want healthy mitochondria. The brain, the eyes, the ovaries, the testicles, the heart have the highest concentration of mitochondria. Why? Because that's what's most needed for survival. You need the brain to think and be able to find your, your prey. You need that heart to pump and move. You need the uh, ovaries to reproduce. So that's how important these cells are. There's region, regions in the brain that have millions of mitochondria in a single cell. Ovaries have 100,000 mitochondria in a single cell versus other cells that have just a few hundred mitochondria. So ketones, getting back to my point here, actually signal to the mitochondria to create mitochondrial biogenesis. So you get 400% more ATP from ketones versus glucose. And that protects the heart, which is loaded with mitochondria. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get into this today. If you watched my lecture last year, I love keto, but I am not dogmatic. Women and men do it differently. We go in and out. There's a right way to do it, but it's a powerful tool. Okay, let's ask the question. What percentage of American adults are metabolically inflexible? Who wants to guess? What's the percentage? Isn't it like 95% or something? 95%, you're really close, yeah. What was that? Yeah, you, you nailed it on the dial right there. Yeah, 92.6, but I'm gonna get to that stat in a second. But here's what it looked like over the years. Let's go, let's play this. In the 1980s, we're looking at rates of obesity. So we can see 10 to 14%, but then in the 1990s, it went up to 15 to 19% in certain states. And we could see in the 19, late 90s, 20%, over 20%, and you could see how it continues to progress and progress and progress and get worse and worse and worse. Now, if we fast forward, there are studies that show 88%, close to your numbers, 88% of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. This is a study from the University of North Carolina, 10-year study. Only 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy. I will say they're actually, 88% of them are in a keto deficiency. They could really use this tool. But to your point, Jeff, 93%, according to other studies, 93.2% are metabolically unhealthy. That is a high percentage. That means only, I don't know, 10% of us are actually metabolically healthy probably all at this conference this weekend. Only 10% of us, that's a problem, right? Because metabolic disease and dysfunction leads to a short life and an unhealthy life. 93% of them are in a keto deficiency. Harvard says by the year 2030, 50% of the Americans will be obese, not just overweight, actually obese. Before the 1970s, obesity was uncommon. I showed you that graphic. So what has changed? What has changed with our metabolic health? Why are so many people metabolically inflexible? And that's where I'm gonna get to the five causes. But here's the most important thing. Nobody has a weight problem. I used to be obese, I'm gonna share my story in a second. Never had a weight problem. Your clients don't have a weight problem. It's a weight symptom. It's not the problem. And I know this might be controversial, especially in this space, Vince's space, but focusing on just calories in versus calories out is focusing on the symptom. I think calories matter. I do not think they're important. I think it distracts people from what really matters, which is their hormones. So this is who I was. 23 years old right here. This is 2007. Physically obese, mentally obese, 
on the internet looking for ways to end my life, tired of crying every day, going through a bad breakup, working at a job I hated, playing video games, a drug addiction, video game addiction. Here's some photos of me back in my early 20s. Lost in life, food addiction. This is my 23rd birthday. And I knew my life was headed down a destructive path. I was ready to give up. I was on the internet looking for ways to end my life. And the only thing that stopped me was my mom. My mom didn't know I was going through this, but I was thinking about my mom, and she's my superhero. She, I love my mom. I, I just didn't want my mom to be in pain if I took my life. It's the only reason I stopped myself. And I knew I had to figure things out, and this is actually where it started with me, and I think this is where it starts with all of our clients and patients. We take ownership and responsibility. When I take ownership and responsibility, everything changed. You know, a lot of people don't even understand what the word means. Responsibility is our ability to respond to life. When I was 23 years old, my ability to respond to life was poor. So I got poor results. But when I took ownership and responsibility, everything changed for me. Everything. When you take responsibility, it's the second you change your life. I know all of you understand that. You've taken responsibility, but our clients and our patients don't really understand that. And we live in a culture that it's so easy to be the victim. I'm obese, Ben, because it runs in my family. Didn't you watch the 60 Minutes episode with that doctor from the government? She said, it's not my fault, it's my genetics. What a, it's bullshit. It's a victim mindset. There's a study, I'm just gonna share with you how toxic this victim culture is, called the Framingham Scar Study. They took a group of people and they said, we're gonna put you in a job interview. But before we do, we're gonna put scars on your face, disfigurations, and you're gonna let us know in that interview if you're the victim of discrimination because of the way you look. So they put them into a makeup room, put all these disfigurations on them, show them the scars, and said, this is what you look like. Pay attention if you're discriminated against, if you're the victim. But before you go in there, we have another thing to, to add to your face. They cleaned it all out. The person didn't know. Now they had no scars, they looked normal. They all went into their interview, went through the interviews. They all came out and they asked them, were you the victim because of your facial discrimination or your facial disfigurations? They all said yes, even though they looked the way they looked without the scars because they were unable to play the victim mindset. They created that in their mind. That's how toxic the victim culture is. Look, when I took responsibility, it's hard, but that's, how we, that's the first step. So for me, nine months later, I went from 250 pounds to 170 pounds, 34% body fat, 6% body fat. The most important line there is I went from being mentally obese to a mental six pack. Right, Rachel? Right, mental six pack. We talked about that on my puck. That's, that's the way to do it. And that's what changed my life. I've been in the health space for 16 years, wrote four books, I'm writing my fifth book with the publisher now. And I'm on a mission to uh, add to your mission, to our mission together, to put a dent in metabolic disease. So ever since that happened, of course, I've written this book, Keto Flex. I have uh, amazing colleagues that have endorsed the book, Dr. Fung, Megan Ramos, Cynthia Thurlow, Ben Bickman. I get to share the stage with amazing people all across the world. And it all really starts, I believe, with a, with a paradigm shift. Because a lot of what we have been told when it comes to health and nutrition, it's usually the opposite, isn't it? And what we want to do, at least I think what's important when we're working with our clients and we want to change their, their paradigm and change their habits, we want to take them into new territory 
It reminds me of Moses. And this is not a religious share. It's a story from the Bible, but it's relevant to whatever your belief is. Moses was a smart man. He wanted to take his followers to a new land of prosperity, of health and healing, like we want to do with our clients. But he knew they had stinking thinking. He knew they had self-limiting beliefs. They had bad thoughts. They had bad behavior. So he needed to change their paradigm before he brought them to the new, to the new land. So he's walking through the desert with his followers. And his followers were getting frustrated. There's no food. There's no water. They're complaining. They go up to Moses. And they're like, Moses, we're going to die out here. There's no food. Where's the new land you promised us? And Moses said, hey, you pray to your God for rain. We'll get that rainwater. We'll hydrate. Go pray to your God. They pray to their God. They keep walking. Still no land in sight. No rain, no food. Now his followers have really given up on Moses. They say, Moses, God has forsaken us. There's no rain. There's no new land. We're going to die out here. And Moses, very smart guy, took a step back, looked around behind them, and he said, where are the ditches? And they looked at Moses, like, what do you mean, Moses? Where are the ditches? If you would have had the faith that it was going to rain, you would have dug the ditches to collect the rainwater. I don't see any ditches dug. You see, they still were living in fear. Once he shifted them into faith, then he brought them to that new land. Our clients are living in fear. Fear is all over the place. It's in our subconscious minds. And it isn't until we shift them into faith that we can actually take them to this new land of healing. Faith and fear both demand for us to believe in something that we cannot see. It's a choice. It's wherever you're directing the energy. It's a choice. It's the same thing. So this is what I like to do with the world, is to empower them to be a genius. Einstein said intellectuals solve problems. Geniuses prevent them. So let's get to the five root causes of metabolic dysfunction and disease. Number one, toxins, environmental toxins. This study showed the average person eats a credit card every week, five grams of plastic every week, which equates to a credit card. So that means we want to drink out of glass bottles as much as possible. Don't let plastic get heated because we don't want to have these obesogens in our body fat. Yeah, I see that, Rachel. That's the same one I have, the glass mountain valley. That's a good one. Next, we have receipts. Ben, you're killing me. Receipts? You know, they found that thermal receipts have 250 to 1,000 times more BPA than even cans of food. So simple tip. First tip was drink out of glass. Second tip was say no to the receipt. Send it to my email or I don't need it. It's on my credit card statement. But don't touch that receipt. You put it in your pocket. Now your pocket's contaminated with BPA. You go into your pocket like it's a problem. And toxins drive weight gain and weight loss resistance. It's one of the leading causes to weight gain and weight loss resistance. I would say it's the leading cause in this day and age to weight loss resistance. And the Journal of Diabetes Investigation has a great study. I don't have time to go through this study, but if you really want to understand the role of toxins as it creates dysfunction to the, the beta cells in the pancreas leading to diabetes, how it creates thyroid disorders, how it creates kidney problems, and how these toxins attach to different receptor sites, this study breaks it all down. But the reason I have Warren Buffett here is because of the calories in versus calories out thing that I mentioned earlier. It's like saying, Warren Buffett, you're watching him speak, he's teaching you about wealth, and you ask, Warren, I have a question, Warren. And he chooses you, and your question, Warren, how do I get rich like you? And he looks at you and he says, it's so easy, just spend less than you earn. And he can, that makes sense. 
eat less and move more, it makes sense, but is it giving anybody the solution? It's not, right? The solution is the hormones, and toxins play a big role here. So the traditional way of thinking about it is genetics, old age, lack of exercise, obesity, but now we have obesogens, chemical toxins that disrupt our hormones. And Dr. Kerry Jones will give you a masterclass. These toxins called ob obesogens activate a pathway called PPAR gamma, which create larger fat cells in humans. Now, the reason the innate intelligence does this, the human body, it's very smart. Survival is the number one priority for the human body. The body wants to survive. So we have fat cells. And when toxins enter the body, the body does not want those toxins to kill you right away. So it shuttles those, fat, those toxins via the PPAR gamma pathway to your fat cells where there's room for them to hang out because the solution to pollution is dilution. And there's a lot of dilution in those fat cells. And if not, I'll create more fat cells. That's how toxins make us fat. These are shown to uh, dietary, so I'm gonna read it from the beginning. Many in the medical and exercise physiology communities, that's us, remain wedded to poor diet and lack of exercise as the sole cause of obesity. However, researchers are gathering convincing evidence of obesogens that are altering metabolic processes. This is in 2012. It's gotten a lot worse. There's also a classification called diabetogens. These are toxins that actually burn out the beta cells in the pancreas, leading to insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes. You can see it kills beta cells. So these are fat-loving toxins called lipophilic. I already mentioned why it's called a survival mechanism. I'm just gonna, this is kind of like the pathway of how this all works, but I really don't have time to get through all this, but if you get my slides, you can see it. This is part of my story. How many of you have ever had silver fillings or currently do? Raise your hand, silver amalgam fillings. I'm surprised, yeah, it's probably about 35% of you. Usually it's more. How many of you have had in the past though? Okay, so it's still the same amount. Silver amalgam fillings contain mercury, 55% mercury. And 2015, I owned a CrossFit gym here in Miami. I was still doing keto and fasting and taking all these supplements, and I was just so fatigued. I was a personal trainer at this time as well, and I would travel right here, 95, up 95, to clients all over the place doing personal training, and I would, like, I would be so tired driving in 95. I would have to cancel appointments, and started to get so fatigued, brain fog, started to gain weight, I thought I would exercise more, keto more, fast more. It felt awful. And then in 2018, I was watching uh, my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pampa, speak. He spoke last year at the conference. But in 2018, I was watching him speak in Boca. And he was saying, sharing the dangers of silver fillings, that they're 55% mercury. That goes from organic mercury in the mouth, vaporizes, crosses the blood-brain barrier, goes into the brain, the hypothalamus pituitary, which controls your thyroids, controls your adrenals, controls your hormones. And I go to the bathroom, and I'm like, looking in the mirror, I have eight fillings in my mouth. I'm like, oh shit, this is what's happening to me. So the first and most important step is to get them removed safely from a biological dentist, not a regular dentist, because they'll do it the wrong way. It actually can make things worse. So I found a biological dentist in Miami. If you're in Miami, his name is Dr. Theodore Herman in South Miami. And I got him removed, four and then four, but it needs to look like a hazmat scene. That was the first step. The second step was detoxing the mercury, which I'm not gonna get into today. But it wasn't until I did that that all the brain fog went away, my digestive issues went away. Even though I was doing clean keto, I was spending 500 bucks on supplements, it wasn't until I removed that upstream source. Dr. Oz shares a little bit more about this. I'm concerned that the audio is gonna be mismatched, but I'm still gonna play it. 
In 2008, they banned amalgams because of environmental and health purposes. Now, environmental is when you take out amalgams, and that's when the most amount of mercury is released, it can get into the water supply. There also were a number of studies that came out of Sweden that really showed some health risk with the mercury coming off the amalgams and, and offering up all of these problems that Dr. Curatola is talking about. Walk me through exactly how the mercury gets out of the amalgams. I mean, we yeah. talked about this vaporization that was not known to have existed you know, a few decades ago. That's exactly right. So whenever the amalgam starts to wear any type of contact, so imagine chewing, people who grind their teeth, people who have their factors that increase the amount of mercury uh, vapor coming off, the amount of amalgams in your mouth. How old are they? You know, when they get older, they corrode, and the breakdown of that mercury vapor comes out much greater. Do you grind your teeth for a long period of time? Do you have carbonated sodas, which lowers the pH in the mouth and increases the amount of mercury? So there are a number of factors that actually can accelerate that amount of mercury, but they just haven't tested it enough to correlate it with these medical issues. So I was doing my own homework on this, and mercury vapors rising out of the teeth, they're invisible to the eye. No one has ever seen them. But for the first time on television, for the first time ever, I'm going to show you what happens when you brush your teeth with mercury fillings. I'm going to get some help from my friend Dave Wentz. I worked with Dave and his PhD dad a long time. Their company are big sponsors of HealthCore, which is the Children's Health Foundation. We were doing a program together, and I witnessed you do this demonstration uh, with your father. It just blew me away. And I wanted you to bring it alive on stage today. So if you could, show us how this monitor and this little contraption you built can, can reveal to us what happens when we brush our teeth. Okay. Well, what we have is a set of teeth with typical silver fillings in them. And we've contained it in this glove box with a special air filter to protect everyone in the room so uh, we don't have any mercury uh, toxic element, we don't want it out. And so what's the, what's the amount of mercury right now that's in this box? Uh, we've ventilated it, we've used the filter to clear it out, so we're at zero now. Okay, so I'm gonna put my hands in the glove, so you can run the device. And okay. here, just to point yep. out, you, you built us a mouth here. Can we all yep. see the mouth there? And what's, what do you have in there? Those, those are amalgam fillings? Yep, okay. we've been told that when you mix mercury with silver, tin, copper, it becomes completely stable. No mercury vapor is supposed to be released. Uh, and we're gonna do a little demonstration to show how much is released. So if I brush, for example, parts of the teeth that don't have any mercury, like here, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But you're arguing that if I brush down here, yep. if it's, okay, go ahead, I'll start brushing now. Now, at what point should I be concerned? At what level is it you know, more than we're supposed to have? Anything over zero is toxic. So we're at 61. Oh my goodness, 61? 61 micrograms. Now, how can anyone dispute that mercury is coming off amalgams? I just, you really can't. Y you can't, it's, it's, it's happening, we have the device. So that's, you know, a lot of people don't know that. That was my story. So if you have clients that have mercury fillings, please, please, please do not let them go to a regular dentist. I'd rather people keep their fillings in their mouth than go to a regular dentist. They need a biological dentist. And how they would find that, I'm gonna give you the website. I hope you write it down. It's www.iaoom, as in Mary, iaomt org www I should probably just write it out for you <laughs> I a o m t dot org so on this website I a o m t dot org on this website you could find a dentist in your area whether you live in Canada or the US or even different countries they are usually certified with um, safe amalgam removal. So send them there. 
But I have one in South Miami, Dr. Theodore Herman. Okay, seed oils. I have a gift for you for being here, by the way. You're going to love the gift in a second. But how many of you know, have heard about the dangers of seed oils, right? You've seen like a lot of these videos out there. And it's true. I had a doctor, uh, well, before I share that, the, when you look at the introduction of seed oils, linoleic acid, oxidized linoleic acid, it correlates to a lot of diseases out there. But look at the amount since the 1930s, how, how much it's increased over the years. It's insane because it's cheap to make it, right? So how many of you know Dr. Kay Shanahan, uh, deep nutrition author? Wow, okay, some of you do. Her, her book, Deep Nutrition, is a classic. Like, go get it, go listen to it if you want a really good book on health. She used to be Kobe Bryant's nutritionist for the Lakers. She's a friend of mine. And I said, Dr. Kay, three scenarios. Which scenario is going to lead to cancer, heart disease, diabetes, disease in general faster? Somebody who smokes cigarettes every day, somebody who eats sugar every day, or somebody who eats vegetable oils every day. What did she say? Because <laughs> y'all are smart here. She actually laughed and said, Ben, that's an easy question. Hands down, it's the vegetable oils. She said, look, smoking cigarettes is not good for you, but you're not going to accumulate that cigarette smoke in your body fat. Eating sugar is not good for you, but what happens? You eat, you have a glucose spike, it goes back down after a few hours, kind of back to normal, hopefully. But these vegetable oils, linoleic acid, the half-life, meaning if you stop eating them today, your client stopped eating them today, two years later, they're still in your body fat, creating inflammation around the mitochondrial membrane, the cell membrane, creating a rigid membrane, disrupting hormones, not allowing nutrients and oxygen to get in, not allowing bad things to get out. 680 days is the half-life, two years. If you want to learn how to accelerate that, I have a podcast being released this Monday from Jess Berman from Body Bio. She lives out, she lives a, lists out a protocol, Keto Camp Podcast, really interesting. Fasting is a part of that, by the way. So here's the list. Well, the problem is that they're adultered. So it's not that seed oils are bad. It's not that omega-6 is bad. Omega-6, quality omega-6, is the key to fixing the cell. It's the adultered omega-6 that are bad. It's the heat they use to process them, the chemical agents they use to process them. It's not that omega-6 is bad in general. Okay, let's get into the ones that we want to avoid. Canola called rapeseed oil in the UK, corn, soybean, cottonseed, safflower, peanut, sunflower, grapeseed, fish oil. Yes, fish oil is arguably even worse than a vegetable oil, highly unstable, more double bonds than a vegetable oil, and rice bran oil. These are polyunsaturated fats. We want to swap them for saturated fats and monounsaturated fats, which is this list right here. Make sure it's in a dark glass bottle. We just spoke about the dangers of plastic, but olive, avocado, butter, ghee, duck fat, lard, coconut oil, beef tallow. Now here's a cool thing that I teach my students. Great, like just general rule. Animal fats, great for cooking. Plant oils, great for salad dressings and dips. I think you two agree to that. <laughs> so coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, that's better probably for salad dressings and dips. Duck fat, lard, ghee, butter, and beef tallow, that's better for cooking. Now, is it bad if you cook with olive oil, if it's a quality olive oil? Not really, just make sure it's not cooked for too long. But here's the gift I have for you. People thought I was walking around holding business cards. It's not business cards. When I go to restaurants, I always tell them I'm allergic to vegetable oils. And my fiance, she rolls her eyes, but she's used to it now. And you know, if you've ever go out to dinner with me, I tell the server the whole table is allergic to vegetable oils because I don't want my friends to take the hit. 
And I've been telling my students to do this for years. Like, just tell them you're allergic, not preference, because when you say allergy, they're going to pay attention. But a lot of people feel uncomfortable. So I created this seed oil allergy card where on here, dear chef, I have food allergies to vegetable oils. I must avoid, and you have those bad fats listed, the following alternatives are safe. Please make sure they're not cut with the bad options. Now, you could get the digital version here, but the gift that's actually printed out them for you right now. Would you like these? Yes. Yeah, okay. So just take, I think you might be able to take a couple and pass them down. So here, just take the whole box, take a couple, pass it down, and then you all, all will all get that. If you're watching online, um, it's seedoilcard.com. And it works really well. I'm going to use it tonight when we go to dinner, Rachel. I'm going to show it to the server and be like, hey, we're allergic. You, I don't want to take that hit. 680 days. It's like, so anyways, that's my gift to you all. Hey, Keto Camper, I want to take a quick break and give a nice shout out to Upgraded Formulas. They are a sponsor of our podcast. We've had Barton Scott, the founder, on the show several times before. And here's why I love Upgraded Formulas. They create clinically studied, stabilized, and nano-sized supplements with 99.99% absorption rate to improve your health, sleep, energy, and so much more. If you're like me, you spend money on supplements, but have you ever wondered why most supplements just don't work for you? You don't really notice a difference despite the extravagant marketing claims. Here's the truth. Most supplements on the market are made in a way that your body can't absorb, which means you are peeing most of the benefits. Yep, you heard about expensive pee. This is true. But it's not your fault. The secret is clinically proven nano-stabilized supplements. These nano-supplements are broken down to bypass the digestion and go straight into the blood where they can travel throughout your body and get to where they need to go. What does this mean for you? It means more energy, better sleep, better mood, less joint pain, younger looking skin and hair, and of course, less inflammation. So stop wasting your money on subpar supplements that don't get you the results and health you need and get upgraded formulas, upgrade your supplements today. Head over to upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOSIS, K-E-T-O-S-I-S at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop a link for you in the podcast notes. Let's get back to the conversation. Number three, glyphosate. Glyphosate. This is a problem. You know the difference between, has anybody ever gone to Europe or Italy? What if, what's the biggest difference that you notice in Italy or Europe versus here? Yeah, all of you said pretty much the same thing. You feel better pretty much, right? Have you ever noticed that there's not a lot of gyms in Italy or Europe, but there's not a lot of overweight people too? And we have like 100 times more gyms, but 100 times more overweight people. So it's not the exercise thing. What do they have in common? What's this? Similarity there. Well, they don't allow glyphosate in their food. They don't allow these red dyes. They have banned it many years ago. Here, we have not done it. But glyphosate, Stephanie Seneth, MIT researcher, has shown that glyphosate makes heavy metals go deeper inside of our tissues and our bones. Lead, cadmium, mercury. We have aluminum being sprayed uh, from jet fuel. It's not a conspiracy. It's actually to save money. That's, that's what people call chemtrails. It's actually aluminum from airlines saving on jet fuel. But they have correlated, strong correlation. I know it's not the same thing as causation, but strong correlation. When they started applying glyphosate on our crops, 1989, how it tracks with dementia, diabetes, autism, 
Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's. But Ben, I eat organic, my clients eat organic. Yeah, that's great, but the majority of rainfall has glyphosate in it. And even though you're eating organic, which we should for sure, as much as possible, still getting that offspring, still getting it. And Dr. Zach Bush shared on my podcast many years ago, the average California wine has 64 herbicides and pesticides in it. Ripping open your tight junctions, forcing metals deeper inside of your tissues. I just have a whole bunch of bad news today, don't I? No, no I, I have great news. You know, just stick with me, stick with me. All right, number four, number four. High glucose and insulin spikes, big problem. Here's the untold truth about diabetes, which is near and dear to my heart. First of all, the average American eats 17 to 23 times a day. I, just, I saw your mouth, I saw, holy F, I saw. <laughs> I read your lips, holy F. That, what, how is that possible? Well, it's not that they're eating a meal 17 to 23 times a day, they're grazing. The almonds, the protein shake, the kombucha, every time you spike glucose and insulin, that is a meal to the body. And the average person does that up to 23 times a day. And diabetes medication does not get to the cause. It actually can make you feel worse. It actually can make the condition worse. And here are the stats. And look, I'm on a mission to reverse type 2 diabetes in 1 million people in the next 10 years. And I hope you join me in that mission because I imagine if you're working with somebody and people, they have diabetes and they're going on medication, and they're getting their feet amputated, and they're losing their kidneys, and they're getting heart disease. They're getting all of this when it's unnecessary. So 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Every 17 seconds, an individual is diagnosed with diabetes. Each day, 5,082 people are diagnosed with diabetes. In addition to those that are newly diagnosed, get this, every 24 hours, there are 238 amputations with people with diabetes and 120 people who enter end-stage kidney disease programs and 48 of them, 48 of them will go blind. 68% of them get heart disease, 16% have a stroke, 70% get damaging neuropathy. And all of those stats I just shared with you are on those people who are on diabetic medica diabetes medication. It does not prevent you from getting those stats. Yet, if you ask the average doctor how do I reverse my type 2 diabetes? They're gonna say, hey, it's a chronic progressive disease. We'll manage your medication. We'll get you on this new insulin or this metformin or whatever. There's a new peptide out. I'm not gonna, I don't have time to read through this, but they're not getting to the cause. The cause is high insulin levels. So the solution is to lower insulin levels. And this study showed that if your A1C, your three month glucose average is 7.5% or higher, every year it's at that level, you lose 100 days off your life, and I've done the math. If it's at that level for 15 years, you lose four years off your life because that's how toxic high glucose levels are to our cells and our tissues. And it's rare to actually die from diabetes. It's actually pretty rare. It does not happen that often. It's what they're connected to, the cancer, the heart disease, the kidney failures, et cetera. And I lost, I'm not gonna get into this now, but I lost my dad to the complications of type 2 diabetes in 2014, and I saw exactly how conventional medicine failed him and failed us, and that's why it's a big mission of mine. But the solution is, is very simple, you know? Dial down the insulin, dial down the glucose, fasting, fasting variations, exercise, build muscle, keto. These work hand in hand really, really well. You know, this study showed that a ketogenic diet at the six month mark reversed type 2 diabetes in 57% of the patients. 
This one showed at the one-year mark, they lowered their A1C below 6.5%, which is where the type 2 diabetes classification starts, with between 42 and 69% of their patients. This one showed two-year data, 53% reversal, 17% remission, no medication. These are with a diet, dietary change. When I looked at the medication studies out there showing a similar effectiveness, drug trials, nothing. There's not one drug trial that isn't even close to how powerful keto could be for type 2 diabetes. Not one. That's why they hate keto. All right, number five. My favorite one to talk about. I think this is going to really resonate with all of you here because we could all relate to this right here. Sick care. Selling sickness is the industry, right? Now it's even worse. It's creating sickness. We know big pharma and big gov and big food are all in cahoots. And here's how evil but also brilliant the, the marketing is for conventional medicine. So number one, we go to the convenience store. And what do we see? Convenient food with a whole bunch of processed ingredients. The average person, our clients, eat that. Then they get symptoms from eating the processed food. What do they do? They're on, they go on a medication. So now they return to that convenience store, the Walgreens, but now they walk to the back of the store to get their prescription. But they don't do anything about the cause, so they keep coming back and buying the artificial stuff at the front, and they go on a second prescription, now come to the back of the store, and they're coming to the front of the store, and the, they just keep returning. Return customers, right? But symptoms are a gift from the innate intelligence. They're not the problem. That's God's way of showing you, hey, check engine light. You're eating something wrong. You're thinking something wrong or something in your environment. They're gifts from your innate intelligence. A cured patient is a lost customer. That's the truth. And Neville Goddard said, we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. Allow me to explain that more. We have the subconscious mind that's running the show. 95% of our results is the subconscious mind. And what's filling that subconscious mind, mainstream news, social media, friends, family, coworkers, billboards, TV commercials, weakness of attention. And here's how this works. You know, this is my mom. I love her. She's amazing. And I have dinner with my mom every Thursday. Me and my fiance, we drive to her, her apartment, and my mom makes a, an amazing meal. And it's an amazing time, but there's a problem with the dinner. <laughs> Not that the food is a problem, but here's the problem with the situation. Every time I'm over, she has the television on. And what do you see on television? Commercials. And it's, it's this big pharma ad, this big food ad, this Viagra, this Cialis, this medication, that medication. I'm like, oh my God, I'm turn off the TV, mom. I can't deal with this. But she likes to have the TV on and watch her Hallmark movie. So I asked the question, okay, what percentage of TV commercials are funded by Big Pharma? What do you think it is? What's the percentage? 70, 80, y'all are close. 75% of commercials are funded by Big Pharma. At least in 2020, it's probably more after COVID. Then I asked the question, all right, how many countries allow this? Out of the 195 countries, how many countries allow this? Two. Two countries. US and New Zealand. You nailed it? Good job. That's it. Then I kept seeing fast food commercials. And I asked the question, OK, what percentage comes from fast food commercials? Now keep in mind, if 75% already comes from Big Pharma, that means we have about 25% left. So out of that 25%, what do you think it is from Big Food? 11 to 29%. So essentially, this is what it looks like when people, people are watching TV. Get this pill. If you have an erection for more than four hours, see your doctor. Then go buy Papa John's or Little Caesars. But if you're sleeping 
you're not sleeping well and you're urinating, it's probably your prostate, take this. But if you get a symptom from that, then take this and then eat this food, right? It's so toxic. And that goes right into our subconscious mind. And the most important thing that I learned is that our environment determines our beliefs and our beliefs determine our actions and our actions determine the results we get and ultimately our destiny. So I always talk about, yeah, change your thoughts, change your life, but before that, your environment needs to change. So we gotta turn off the TV, we gotta cut out people from our life, it's gonna make our choices and our beliefs that much easier for us. And this came out from Tufts University last year. Anybody see this, by the way? Yeah. So this is uh, Dr. Mosaferian working with, or they try to work with President Biden. But anyway, they say, hey, items in green, eat it. Items in yellow, moderation. Items in red, do not eat. We see frosted mini wheats in green, honey nut Cheerios, but in yellow, we see Lucky Charms, egg substitute fried in vegetable oil, but in red, we see ground beef and eggs cooked in butter. They're, they're telling us that Lucky Charms is healthier than eggs and butter. Who believes that? That's your eggs and butter, right? So you're gonna die, apparently. Yeah, so you're eating eggs and butter. You might have a heart attack, Rachel. So I always say, just really want some good advice from me because it's a lot of inf information out there. We're starving in information and drowning for truth. If you really want the truth, pay attention to what the government teaches you to eat and do the opposite. You flip this thing upside down, you're gonna be good. Like George Costanza, how many know this guy? Seinfeld, anybody? Anybody remember that episode, the Costanza episode where he did everything backwards opposite day? So anyways, he was having bad results in his life, unhappy, unhealthy, miserable. He said, I'm tired of my life. I'm getting poor results. I'm gonna just do everything opposite of what I've been doing up until this point. So he'd walk up to a girl at the bar and say, hey, nice to meet you. Instead of saying, yeah, instead of saying, I'm George and I'm uh, this rich guy and I'm doing this with my life, he'll say, I'm George Costanza, take off his hat. I'm bald, I live with my mom, right? So he did the opposite and she was like, hey, sit down next to me. He started to get results in his life, doing everything opposite. So it's called the George Costanza effect. So what you find on social media with mainstream and nutrition and governments, always think of Costanza, the complete opposite, and you're gonna be led down the right direction. Because the illiterate of the 21st century is not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. And the last thing I'll share with you, this is my favorite thing, so I'm glad you stayed for the end. Good job to you all. Your thoughts create disease or health. Your thoughts, your thoughts do it. I already shared that, I already shared that, so let me just go here. The average person has 60,000 thoughts every day. 60,000 thoughts every day, according to psychiatrists. And they determine that 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts from yesterday. And out of those 90%, 85% of them are negative thoughts, stinking, thinking. And if you're thinking is stinking, your dreams, they're shrinking. But most people are not even actually thinking. And I know that sounds crazy, I'm gonna make the point, but 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. What do you mean by that, Ben? I'm thinking all the time. But no, mental activity is not the same thing as thinking. It's the subconscious mind running on autopilot. So how many of you talk to yourself throughout the day? Raise your hand. Raise, every, yeah, every second. Now, a couple of you didn't raise your hand, and you're thinking, do I talk to myself? I think, I, I'm not sure if I talk. 
We all talk to ourselves. Yes, we, we do. And I'm going to make the case that just because you're thinking and talking to yourself doesn't actually mean you're thinking, if that makes sense. But let me make the case here. I think I did this last year. So if you were with me last year, you might be ahead of the game, but don't ruin it. Uh, we're going to say this word out loud five times. Silk, 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 silk. We'll do it together five times. And then I'm going to ask you a question real quick. And out loud, you're going to answer the question. Does that make sense? So we'll say this five times. I'll ask a question. Just out answer out loud as soon as I ask the question, OK? All right, here we go. On the count of three, we're going to say silk five times. Uh, one, two, three. Silk, 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 silk. What do cows drink? Milk. Who said milk? Raise your hand. Cows, cows produce milk. They drink water. <laughs> I got you, yeah. So some of you said water. But no, that's an example that your subconscious mind just runs the show. Runs the show, right? So another example, good? put your right hand up like this. Wave it around like this, just wave it like that. Now put your right hand by your chin, right here by your chin. Uh, where's your chin? Right here. Yeah. <laughs> some of you followed me here. Some of you actually went, y'all are smart. Some of you were thinking and actually put it at your chin, but some of you went here, right? Just a silly example to show you that sometimes we don't think. Am I? OK, yeah, I'll wrap up here. Bruce Lipton has proven your thoughts create proteins, good or bad, in your cells. Inflammation or de-inflammation. So if you have 60,000 thoughts a day, you have 60,000 opportunities to put your body in an anti-inflammatory state. Greatest biohack you could ever learn. My favorite biohack. I have to, that's why you're the most important, most influential person you'll speak to today. I need to skim through these. Um, there, there's a book that came out that showed the, 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 the average person, or most people in the United States, get their first heart attack, they can predict it, 85% of the first time they get their heart attack is Monday morning between 8 and 9 a.m. because they're stressed out. They don't have a purpose. And you know what? We have an obesity problem, not because of what people are eating. We have an obesity problem because of what is eating them. They don't have a purpose. They're frustrated. They're stressed out. And of course, you're going to want to fill that void. I was the same way. Right? So most people tiptoe their way through life, hoping to land safely on death's door. Lastly, is the best supplement in the world for inflammation, hormones. I mean, you name it. Um, I'm running out of time, so I can't go through all the studies. But I'm going to just let you know. Joe Dispenza saw a decrease in cortisol when they took the supplement, increase in IgA. He saw 1,200 chemicals take place, oxytocin, GABA, dopamine, when they took vitamin G. He saw uh, studies show it lowers blood pressure. Studies show vitamin G lowers A1C. So where do you get vitamin G? Is there a vendor outside? What is vitamin G? Gratitude. Those are studies on gratitude. Sounds silly and woo-woo, but it's not. Yeah, let's clap for gratitude. I love that. Come on. What you appreciate appreciates. Universal law, what you feed energy to expands. And the last thing I'll share with you, 60 seconds. I know the audio is not maxed, but if you don't believe me, this is the best biohack Leave it up to her. She'll tell you why. How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm naughty. I eat sugar. I eat butter. I eat things that I should not eat. And I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me and I tell them that you, um, you pray a lot. You have faith. I do have faith. I, and I really spend, like, I, I 
27. I don't know. Because you never end your your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. You have a lot of gratitude in your heart. Yes. Ah, she's so cute, right? That's so awesome. Um, look, your body was created to be self-healing. Here's what I want you to do as I wrap this up. This is not like a trick like before, I promise. Get your right hand, put it over your right ear. No trick here. Just leave it there as I say this. Your body was built to be self-healing. You, you are all masterpieces. Why? Because you're all pieces of the master. There's an innate intelligence. There's a scientist, a doctor within your body. And it's our mission. It's your mission. It's our mission to get out there and teach it to the world. Share that with the world. Move your hand. Why did I have you do that? I didn't want it to go in one ear and out the other ear. <laughs> Keep it there. Keep it there. Thank you guys so much for your energy. Appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Keto Camper. Thanks for listening to the entire episode. I really hope you have a better understanding on metabolism and work on removing the interference. You remove the interference, your metabolism, your body, your innate intelligence will go on and heal your body. I don't care if you're 93, 23, 53, or whatever age, whatever circumstances. The cool thing about having the combination to a code, you unlock the code. And I just shared with you the combination to your health code. So please share this episode with a friend. If you want to watch the video uh, lecture, that'll be on the YouTube channel soon, youtube.com slash ketocamp. And consider leaving the Keto Camp podcast a rating and review if you have not done so already. Love and appreciate you. I have a ton of vitamin G for you. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.